Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Before we get into the interview, I've got a small favor to ask. We would love a rating and review. This really helps us grow the podcast, and your feedback informs future interviews and where we're taking this. So if you can, please pause, go to your favorite platform, give us a rating, give us a review, leave some feedback. It really makes a difference to what we're doing behind the scenes. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. In this bite-sized edition from episode number 82, the good Irish lad Paul Taylor and I discuss why we think society as a whole is losing resilience and we've got to be careful or we need to be cautious of creating a victim mentality. Paul puts forward the theory that we've all gone way too far with the coddling and cuddling and protecting, in particular with kids and teenagers, and now so many teenagers are finding it difficult to cope with real life situations because they haven't built those skills. I also share the story of being asked to stop talking about stress as a keynote because it was stressing people out. Oh, come on, help us. This is a topic I'm really passionate about. This is a topic Paul is really passionate about. And I think you'll get peaked. Your interest will get peaked in this bite-sized episode. What I love about the conversations with Paul, and it's something that I find is happening to me as I mature as well, is we're throwing sometimes political correctness or caution to the wind and speaking exactly how we feel. And you hear the passion comes through with this bite-sized edition loud and clear. So getting soft, I agree. There's a movie that a lot of people who listen to my podcast and your podcast, The Young'uns, their parents may have watched. It was called Fight Club. Do you, do you remember mm. what year Fight Club was in? Brad Pitt, back when he was still, he was still gorgeous now, Brad, but he was absolute rock star then, got totally ripped. Do you remember yes. what year that film came out in? Jesus, you're too testing me now. I, I reckon, I, and I could be off by a bloody decade, but I reckon it would have been early 90s. Maybe. Yeah, you're like me. You have a distortion in time, but you must go back because totally. I'll run into someone and go, oh, yeah, we caught up recently. Maisie, it was 10 years ago, champ. It was <laughs> 1999. Okay. And I got the right decade. I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and th- there's a scene where he goes to a different support group every night. Yeah, I think Monday night was parents without partners and he wasn't a parent and didn't have a partner. Tuesday night was sickle cell anemia. And I can remember, like, like, where do they come up with this shit? Sickle cell anemia. And I think way back then, so the writers, the producers of Fight Club were onto something where society was moving, is that we're starting to elevate, talk a little bit more and, and say to people, oh, are you okay? Rather than hardening up, actually mm. doing some work that stress recovery balance we're going to get into as well. And obviously yeah. you talk about death by comfort. So interesting back, we go back you know, 25 years ago, they were starting to predict that people were getting soft and having, and, and I'm not saying that there's that there are some good support clubs, absolutely. But to go to one every single night, I know you've got kids, I've got kids, I've got four. I go to work to get a break, Paul. 
But I hear my, my elder daughter as well talk about some of her friends and, and the conditions some of these young women think they have or they're talking about. And I, I just get to a stage where I go, look, Mickey, I love you, but with your friends, you've just got to tell them to stop because if you double down on this, go to multiple support groups, what we focus on grows, right? We know broaden and build theory. If you broaden and build down the spiral, you, you can hang around those people, go to support groups. I'll get off my hobby horse. So that was back in 1999. But actually, I think, and I've had similar conversations with my daughter who's 16, there is far too, we have gone, in my opinion, way too far in the coddling and the molly coddling. And that when you are constantly talking to teenagers, and especially teenage girls, but when you're, and, and we can get into that in, in, in a bit if you want to, but when you're constantly talking to them about anxiety and, and threats and trigger warnings and stuff like that, what it does is it makes them hypervigilant, right? And there's a large amount of suggestibility that's going on. And then these people are going, oh, it's my anxiety. And it's this, no, no it's fucking not. For some people it is, but for the vast majority, it is not. And, and my concern is that we are priming these kids and driving them into these conditions or where they think they have these conditions. And then all their friends are like, oh, poor you, blah, blah, blah. Well, it becomes a condition off. It, it oh. becomes, oh, I've got this, you've got that. Now, I've got a good one for condition you. Condition off, I like that. <laughs> Are you planning an upcoming conference or company offsite? For the past 15 years, I've averaged speaking at over 50 events each year, and I still love presenting at conferences as much as I did when I first started. To explore the different presentations I offer on a range of topics and themes, including physical and psychological well-being, becoming burnout proof, connection and belonging, that's a new area I'm, I'm really enjoying presenting on neuroscience and behavior change, mental skills, and leadership and culture. Or if you'd like to understand our fully integrated conference experience with pre-event diagnostics, activities throughout the agenda, including a morning wake-up, energy breaks, team-building activities, and digital resources to embed learning, to find out more information and to download a brochure, go to andrewmay.com keynotes. I've been doing a well, it's a road show over six months with a government, a local government department. I'm in to talk four of five, and after talk three, I, I got called in. It was a, a Zoom meeting, and I got asked the following: Can you please not approach stress like you are, because some people find it really confronting? And, and I just so so pause. Uh, background: You and I are very similar. I've studied exercise physiology we both studied the brain uh, your military background mine's sport background but mm. we find ourselves on similar stages now around the world and we support rather than compete because uh, while we've got a similar background that you're really going down that whole stress response and that's your phd and, and i'm really going down mental skills so we're like living these parallel lives with a with a niche that's supportive uh, of each other so I, I frame that for people listening, going, oh, Paul's from the military and yeah, he spent 10 days in all the eight was a freaking chicken. I've got to talk about that story. Amazing, you're in sport, you're conditioned. But I go, no, this is bullshit. The fact that I am having a conversation and I push back, 
And they have confirmed session four, which they thought they may not. But I thought, are we really at this stage where I'm talking to a HR department about softening my message? Because I've mm. actually been boarding there because they've got real problems with workers' compensation and retention. And then when we're talking about stress, I've been asked to soften it because some people didn't like that I was saying that I think we've been cocooned. We're, we're cuddling people way too much and we need to actually build a bit of stress and a bit of bounce back and it's good for you. And I got feedback that, no, you can't do that anymore. I'm like, well, I think if you don't talk about this, your workers' compensation premiums are going to go through the roof. Absolutely. The, the, these people, they live in these utopian worlds that, that just don't exist where we can remove all stressors from people and they will be better. Well, guess what? You remove all stressors from people, they get weaker. That is the way that the body works. And, and I use the analogy of exercise because most people get it, right? That the only way you get bigger, faster, stronger is from exposure to the stress of exercise. And, and let's be very clear. The main reason that exercise is good for you is because it is a stressor that stimulates adaptive responses to get bigger, faster, stronger. And then, as you know better than anybody, there are there's the principles of progressive overload. So you need to progressively overload the system in order to continue to stimulate adaptation. Milo goes back to the Greek god Milo. Do you know the story of Milo? No. I, I told this to some of our players at Manly a couple of weeks ago. So the, the story goes, like I'm talking about yeah, thousands oh, is of this, years ago. Is this the pushing up the hill of the boulder? Milo or is that a different had a calf. And he was doing squats. You know, I talk about doing big lifting. So he was doing squats and as the calf grew, progressive overload, Milo kept doing ah. squats. So he got progressive overload, but he did what we teach all of our elite athletes, PT, stress the system and then recover and recharge. Recover. You bounce back, yeah. progressive overload. So even way, way, way back, uh, ancient Greeks knew around they didn't have the same science and they didn't have whoop bands and they weren't doing all this physiological testing, but you stress the system and you recover. Nothing's changed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely nothing's changed. And then, as we know from exercise, you remove the stimulus, you remove the stress, there is a pretty rapid detraining effect, right? Now, that um, applies across the board. Our stress response system, it doesn't really differentiate very much. There are some intricacies, but, but at a general level, it doesn't really differentiate between the different types of stressors. And this is this cross-stressor hypothesis, not cross-dresser, that's what I used to do in the military, but this cross-stressor that if you expose yourself to stress in one domain, you can actually increase your ability to handle stress in another domain. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence Podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM Edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.